Welcome to the Sisters in Crime Writers Podcast. Everyone has a unique writing journey, so join us for conversations about those journeys from the writers themselves. the Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and I am delighted to welcome K.D. Richards to the podcast this week. K.D. Richards was born and raised in the Maryland suburbs just outside of Washington, D.C. A writer since a young age, after college, Kia earned a law degree and worked as an attorney and legal instructor for 15 years, but never stopped writing fiction. She currently splits her time between Toronto and Maryland with her husband and two sons. Welcome to the podcast, Kia. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to this conversation um, and to talk about your writing journey. Um, And I'm going to start the way I always start in these conversations and ask you, you know, you never stopped writing fiction, became a lawyer, had a family. But tell me when in your life you said, I want to write a book. Was it Forever? Oh, yeah, or was for, it forever? Um, <laughs> I wanted to write a book for for since I started writing, really. Um, my mother is an English teacher, so you know, books were everywhere. My dad loved to read, so we had books everywhere. Wow. And um, I always read. And so I thought from an early age, I can do this, <laughs> right? You know, as kids, this is this is easy. <laughs> So um, the desire was there, even if the skill level was was wanting. <laughs> and so, tell me about your writing journey and and you know developing craft because, yeah. like all all art forms, it's a lifelong pursuit. Yeah. Um, but when did you? How did you learn how to write a book? Um, so that it was kind of a, a self taught thing. So I start uh, the first I sort of went through stages. I think all writers kind of do. When I was younger and it was, I'm going to write a book, <laughs> you know, um, I would write and, you know, no sense of what that meant or how, how books became books. Yeah. Um, and then as you get older and you realize, oh, this is kind of a daunting thing, <laughs> right? It's not as easy as I, I thought it was going to be. And there are gatekeepers and agents and publishing houses and all of this. Um, I thought, well, I'll just write for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, for a long time, I had so, I was sort of writing, but telling myself, I'll just write for myself. Um, mm-hmm. And I would kind of get through a whole book. I'd get through a whole draft of, you know, 60,000, 70,000 words, but with no intention of polishing or polishing it or anything, because it was just for myself. But I realize now that's kind of um, that that was building the skills <laughs> there, yeah. you know, yeah. doing that. Um, and then just, uh, I hit 40 and I thought, well, I'm going to polish. This book is actually pretty good. Like, I feel like this is different <laughs> than all those other books. And that was, um, pursuit of the truth. And I thought, I'm going to polish this up. And it, it was only 55,000 words. And I thought, well, I'm a, I'll, I'll try to find a publisher that, you know, publishes books that are on, uh, the shorter side. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Harlequin, it's been around forever. Everybody knows Harlequin. 
Um, and it fit right sort of into their uh, intrigue line. So I sent it off and I thought, well, I'd read that Harlequin usually um, get rejected an average of three or seven times um, from Harlequin before before um, you send a book that they, they like enough to make an offer on. So I really didn't expect <laughs> anything to come of it. Um, and we were in the middle of COVID. And so when um, weeks turned into months, I was like, eh, no big deal, you know. But, you know, they got back to me and, and they loved it. They wanted, they wanted to publish it. So I was super excited um, about that. And I'd already started, I, I'd kind of, um, because I thought, well, I think this is good enough. Um, to publish, I thought, well, if they don't want it, um, and it had already been rejected by one publisher, if they don't want it, I'll self-publish it. Cause I, I think it's mm -hmm. good enough. You know, maybe nobody will buy it, but my relatives, but <laughs> right. I think, right. I think it's good enough. I really do. Um, and, and I have this idea for a second book in the series. So I'm going to write that. And then, um, I'd learned a little bit about self-publishing and I heard, you know, published have three ready to go because, um, people who read self-published books, they're hungry for them and they don't want to wait a year. So my, my plan was to write all three and then publish them with a couple months in between, which was beneficial because by the time Harlequin got back to me and they said, well, it's kind of, this kind of seems like it could be a series. I said, well, actually I'm finished yeah. the second book and I'm working on the third book now. Um, so, so that helped to get three out in one year because they were pretty much already done. Yeah. Cause Harlequin likes to do that. Don't they? Yeah. I mean, they, they do want to, you know, boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, so romantic suspense, how would you, how would you pin the, that series? Th that series, it, I think it is romantic suspense, but there's a lot of action in it. It, mm -hmm. it it's, uh, the entry line is really, we try to hit 50, 50 of, um, suspense and, and romance. And they're mm -hmm. intertwined, you know, so yeah. that you don't get too much more of one than the other. You might be a little bit off, but the the romance the, and the mystery are integral to each other. Yeah. So you need them both yeah. for the for the book to to stand up. Well, and it's interesting because um, as you're writing genres, and you know we you don't always think about that at the beginning, but as you're figuring out who's going to publish and all that, right. you know, romantic suspense is different than suspense with romance. Right. Um, so, you know, and Harlequin is a romance. Exactly. Um, title who does do this romantic suspense line, mm -hmm. the intrigue line. So, you know, they're already crossing people over, but the people coming in are expecting romance. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. so, you know, it has to have, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult because it has to have all the elements of the mystery. It has to have all the elements of romance and you have to do it in 60,000 words or less. Right. So, yeah. um, it, it's, it's, it's a lot. It can be a handful balancing it, getting everything in to the book at the, at the same time, you still have to have the happily ever after, right. That, I mean, that's what a romance is, or at least the happily yep. ever or happily for now. So, um, you know, the, you have to hit those genre specific yeah. targets or, or your reader, you will hear about it from your readers. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, I, you know, when I'm on Twitter, or if you're, you know, you see these flurries once in a while right. of these conversations like, well, ah, you know, it's all genres, all books have 
have expectations by right. readers. And the fact that you need a heavily happily ever after for now or happily ever right. after forever, I think is is wonderful because it lets the reader know it's going to be okay. Right. <laughs> and these days people need to know it's going to be okay. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if, if for me, I'm a, I am a mood reader. So I don't want to, if, if I pick up a book, it's because I want to read a thriller or I want to read a, ro- a romance or I want to read a comedy. And if it's not that, <laughs> it's yeah. you're, uh, you know, I don't usually do um, reviews. But that's one of the things that I will, or such say, I don't usually do poor reviews. That's one of the things I'll go on a review and say, this is not a romance. They did not end up together because I don't want readers to, you know, like me to go, hey, I was ready for romance. And then they ended up going their separate ways at the end. Yeah. Don't do this to me. Yeah, that's not, you can't, you can't, don't betray me like that. (laughs) Well, again, especially these days, like, please, you know, it's, um, I think, and I think a lot of us read for, you know, I I say, I call them mood readers, you know, we read because we're in the mood for a specific thing, you know, so it's not, you, you, you're, you're really turning the writer, the readers off from you when you, when you trick them like that. So as you're developing as a writer and you had these books ready to go and you sort of had developed the muscle enough to know, you know, these are good. These I can send out. Um, What, you know, did you take classes? Do you have a writer's group? You know, tell me a little bit about, you know, your craft building. And also I'd love to hear about your process. Yeah. I mean, both of those, (laughs) both both having, uh, taking classes and, um, and having readers groups over uh, over the years and throughout the years, and I still do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when before I was married and had kids, I would take um, classes after work. Um, at uh, I was living in New York at the time, so at the uh, Gotham's Writers Workshop, which is, yeah. is pretty well known, and they're great. Um, and then um, subsequently, online classes, workshops, you know, any anything to help sort of build those muscles. Um, so I could identify like, oh, this is good enough <laughs> or eh, this is not, so yeah. I may not know how to fix it, but I know that it's just bad, yeah. <laughs> right? So I have to keep working <laughs> on it. Um, so definitely the, the courses. Also, um, I love the reference, uh, uh books on writing, reading, yeah. reading about writing, other writers writing about writing. So I have lots of of those books. And I go back to them even now to say, well, I, I kind of remember something about that in this book and it'll help yeah. me with this scene because I, I, I know this is not working. <laughs> right. Um, and then writers groups, adjoining uh, associations like sisters in crime, mystery writers of America, um, a, a bunch of different, uh, crime writers of color, bunch of different, yep. um, uh, writers groups that I am, I'm a member of. They're all, they've all been beneficial. You find beta readers, you find authors who, uh, you can commiserate with when things aren't going well. Um, yeah, I have, I have a, um, a, uh, a couple of writers that we write a couple times a week together, um, and do sprints. So it, it's, um, you know, all of that, it, it helps you to, to learn and grow as a writer. Yeah. And to, to be with other writers so that yeah. they do understand is so important. Right. Cause it, it's, it's really solitary. I mean, you're in, in your space writing by yourself and unless you write with a partner, 
you're usually alone, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, yeah. and if you're a full-time writer, then you're alone for what, six, seven, eight hours, whatever a full writing day is for you. Um, so it can, it can be very solitary. I, for me, that's kind of okay. Cause I'm an introvert and I don't mind being alone for long <laughs> stretches of time, but, um, for some people it's not so great. And, um, creatively you need other people around to kind of spark ideas. So even, even yeah. for the introverts, you know, eventually I'll have to go, I'm just, I'm stuck. I need to talk to people and <laughs> have new ideas, you know, be, uh, flood my mind, you know, and I'm not going to get that in a room by myself. Um, I've had a few conversations uh, recently with folks on this podcast about the, there's a point in your life where you decide, and for many, it is turning 40 or, you know, <laughs> right. milestones where you're like, this is a dream mm -hmm. and I want this dream to happen. And it's nobody cares about your writing journey as much as you do. I mean, other people are going to support you, but they don't really care that you're right. <laughs> you, you know, this is a dream. Um, and so, you know, you do have that. Okay. If I'm going to have this happen, um, I need to make it happen right? as much as I can control it. Yeah. And you did that mm -hmm. and you, you know, you have a series, uh, you know, you, you got the three books and was, is that like a, is, how does that work with Harlequin? Are you done with the series or can you write another three or how does that all work? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, I think it works similar to other, other um, uh, publishing houses. You propose after those three, I proposed um, another three and they bought those. So I, uh, books four through six are coming out in 2022. And then wow. um, I have ideas for to continue the series and uh, hopefully they'll purchase those as well. And, you know, so it just kind of goes until you as an author go, okay, well, I want to write something, yeah. something else. Um, you know, Harlequin has book uh, series that have 20 and 30 books in a series wow. and the series might span different authors. So you kind of make a proposal and the publisher loves it or doesn't love it or, you know, ask for changes and, and, and you can make those changes or not. Well, I also, I found, I don't know a ton about the romance uh, world, but the, the way some of these series work also intrigues me because it can be an offshoot of the mm -hmm. original can, right. can, you know, spark three more books or you can, you know, it can be a town that has three different families and each family gets a series. And then, right. you know, I mean, there's tons of opportunity to rethink what a series looks like, sure. which I think could be kind of fun to work with. Yeah, as well. yeah, absolutely. So the, and that's kind of what's going on in West, uh, the West investigation series, the first three books, um, the first two are about brothers and the third is not a brother, but uh, close enough to the brothers to be yeah. considered a brother. Um, and, and they're sort of New York or, or New York adjacent <laughs> uh, for the, in those three books. But then in the fourth book, um, James, who is, who is a brother has come home. He, he, he's a, he was in the military. He's come home and he is working for West, but he's on assignment in a small town. So, so we've kind of moved out to a small town. Yeah. He's more of an outdoors man. He's not a city guy, even though he was raised in the city. He, he, that's not where he feels most at home. So the next three books take place in a small town, but you'll see the West brothers pop in 
uh, here and there yeah. uh, to help out when things go crazy in, in this small town. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Um, but I want to loop back to talking more about this because I find it's fascinating and the whole series and you know how you're getting three books out in 2022. Um, well, let's talk about that now. When you're writing your first book, the gift, it's very hard. The first book that's mm-hmm. going to be published, it's very challenging because you don't know how. Right. But once you get contracts, you realize that the gift that that no deadline gave you, right. <laughs> like just sort of... Right. And absorb. And now if you're writing three books this year, you're, you're in writing, editing, proof pages, copy edits, like all the time. time. Yeah. How is that? Like, how's that first, you know, and you'd already pre-gamed for the first three. So the (laughs) second three, it's like, okay, now these are, I gotta go. (laughs) Well, it's, it's kind of similar though, that even for the third three. So I, I put the proposal in, I think I was, coming up to the end of, um, the, or begin, I put the proposal in for the four, four through six at the beginning of the third book. So mm-hmm. at some point during writing the third book, I knew they had purchased the four, five, and six. And I started thinking about them, right. Just yeah. sketching ideas. I mean, I had the proposal, so I had the basics of what the book was going to be, but then I had to, figure you outline I'm an outliner so I had to kind of get an outline for the books Mm -hmm. so I started doing that and that's kind of at my leisure because I you know I know that I have a year before (laughs) before the first book on that contract is due so that helps you know I don't you're not it seems like you're writing all three in one year but four is done and five is almost done (laughs) and you know so and I'm going to be starting the sixth book now so it's, it, it will come out this year, but, and, and I'll probably write seven and eight this year as well, but it's not as, as uh, truncated a schedule as it seems like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's still, I mean, I mean, it's still a lot of writing. I mean, it's still a full-time yes. job. It's not, yes. it's not that first book was, well, you know, when I want to, I'll write. If I don't want to, yeah. I won't write. <laughs> you know, if today I'm feeling like, you know, sitting out on a porch and pretending to write, that works too. <laughs> you know, there's, there's not that, you know, there's not yeah. room for that kind of procrastination. Um, but, you know, you, you adjust, it's, it's a job and you, you have to treat it like a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and it's um, planning for a series is interesting because you're you're arcing a story usually over those three three books that you have a contract for, so that you can leave your readers on a happy note if that's right. the end. But you also want to dangle something so they right. keep going. And you know, I mean, there's a lot to, and then you've got the the romance elements that need to be satisfied in every yeah. single book and everything else. I mean, it's um, it's a lot of planning. It is. It is. It yeah. is. It's definitely a lot of planning. So I, you know, I don't. Uh, there's um, several authors who are pantsers, and I, was, I don't know how you can do it. And then they, and they're great yeah. at it. But I was just like, I my I would never get a book done. <laughs> I have to. Yes. I have to plan. I have to know where I'm going, and I have to have targets, and I have to know in eight weeks I need to be done this first draft, and then three weeks yeah. later I have to be done with my first round of editing or really revisions. And then two weeks later, I've got to be done 
with editing because it's got to go to the uh, to the editor, you know, yeah. at, at 12 weeks if I want to get three yeah. out this this year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's every day. It's everyday writing, yeah. but I, I wrote every day anyway. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so now it's more focused. It's not just random, you know, musings, a scene that popped into my head that has nothing, no connection to anything, but yeah. um, it's, it's not really that different. When I was a practicing attorney and, and teaching, I would write on the, the Metro um, back and forth to work. And I finished a whole manuscript that way. It took 18 months, but I finished a whole manuscript writing on my cell phone um, in in, in notes, (laughs) you know, to to get it done, you know. And that one will probably never see the light of day. It wasn't necessarily good, but it it was, I have to write this, there's a story and I need to write the story. I need to get it out. Yeah. And maybe elements will see the light exactly. day at some point, yeah. but you know, it is a muscle that needs to be exercised right. uh, in order to, to get going. Absolutely. So you tell me what about the crime genre? Were you ever, did you ever think I'm just, I'm going to not just, I'm going to write romance or was it always going to be romantic suspense? I actually thought I would write um, crime just crime with no romance. But when I started really considering, you know, writing a book that would get published, um, I realized that what I read mostly is uh, either crime with some romance or romantic suspense. (laughs) But there's usually at least a hint. Um, And when there's not, I tend not to like it as much (laughs) as as. as books that do have some romance. So that sort of got me, when I started really sort of thinking about what I write, what, what I should write, um, mm-hmm. because because uh, I also read, uh, not so much anymore, but um, I used to read tons of cozy mysteries, uh, in part because my, my dad loved them. And I tried to write one and I, it, it, I got to the end <laughs> but it quickly became obvious. We're like, this is not my genre. <laughs> like I, yeah. I, just, I just don't write this well. Not as well as the, the thriller and the, the um, suspense. So um, that's sort of figuring, that's part of the process, right? Figuring out, I like mm-hmm. these kind of books, but I don't think I'm good at writing <laughs> these kind of books, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you've also written, and when you look at um, her website, which I encourage people to do, you've written a thriller. Yeah. Uh, it's standalone or? It is a standalone. I mean, I think everything probably has the potential <laughs> to be, yes. but it's a standalone thriller. Um, but it has ro- it has romance in it. It is a thriller. I mean, there's no question about it. It's a thriller, but it has elements of romance in it as well. Yeah. And do you... Because that again, that's different. Writing yeah. a standalone that needs to sort of it, it, everything does have potential and, and <laughs> right. uh, uh, to be a series, but um, but writing something that contains within itself, so you're not dangling or intriguing right. the uh, reader to keep going. How is that for a challenge? I, I find that very challenging. You have to you have to tie up all the little um, the, the the little questions that you. have <laughs> 
closed. And it's very easy to forget <laughs> that, oh, I had this thing out here and I didn't do with that. And so I have to, yeah. you know, I have to figure out how to make that work. Um, Cause there's no coming back to it. There's no, you know, it, it just is what it is when it's done. It might be done. <laughs> yeah. And and you want your reader to, to not go, well, I was waiting for that question to get answered, you know, even though you yeah. might not have thought it's, it was the major question or, or an important right. question at all. You just, you hate to leave anyone unsatisfied. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. And readers will let you know yeah. if they are unsatisfied. <laughs> it's fine, Absolutely. but they will let you know. So keeping up with um, those little threads, even, even, you know, though I outline when you're writing, things kind of go off. The character wants to do things that you didn't put in your outline. And that's where you get in trouble. That's where you, that's where you might leave a thread hanging because you didn't, you, you forgot <laughs> that you changed yes. things a little bit, you know? So when you're writing your series, how do you, um, do you have a series Bible? I mean, how do you, how do you remember, okay, her eyes are, you know, hazel and he's got this hair and she's, her middle name is this right. and they drive this car. I mean, all of those details that again, yeah. if people are reading all your books in one sitting, it might've taken you two years to write them, but they're reading them in a weekend. They're going to notice, notice discrepancy. Yeah. Well, there are, there are discrepancies, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> try as I might, but I do have, you know, I do take notes so I can try to remember not so much, um, eye color. I I'm of the mind that, you know, most people have brown eyes. So yeah. most people in my books are going to have brown eyes because that's yeah. just realistic. <laughs> you know, most people yeah. have brown yeah. eyes. Most people are brunette. That's just the, the vast majority of people on earth. Um, um, so that makes it easier. <laughs> Doesn't really stick yes. with that. Um, people who, if I say, you know, somebody has a violet or something very peculiar, I'll note that down so that I can I can remember um, the backstory of the West brothers. I need to remember who you know who's the oldest, who's the youngest, and um, yeah. their their mother died and. One of them stepped up to take care of the youngest one. I've got to remember all of that, you know, and where was yeah. the the oldest? He was, oh, he was in Afghanistan at that point. He's in the military and what branch, you know? Um, yeah. My editor is very good. I'm, I'm, I, 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 she's very good at when you said he was in the Marines, but now he's in the army, but then he's in Marines again. <laughs> and, 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 and by page 300, you got to figure this out. So she's very good at spotting, <laughs> you know, the yes. inconsistencies. Um, but, but I do, I do try to write it down, keep track of those big, big things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because some of those characters who come to visit you yeah. at three o'clock in the morning, you, oh, I'll just throw them in. They become a major right. character in another book. And it's like, oh, <laughs> right. yeah. And you what have, did I say? And, I, and I'll go back and I'll like, what did I say about yeah. this person? That's why, you know, the fine function is, is fabulous you know I'll just google every instance of that person's name and read the sections that they're in and like oh right I forgot he has a sister oh. <laughs> you know yeah. you should at or least mention stage her or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his height or something right. um do you write in word or do you write in Scrivener or or you know how do you how do you I, manage your manuscripts I well I have different uh, sort of phases of <laughs> my manuscript. When I'm writing the first draft, I will write in, usually I'll, I'll just write in like a notepad on, on yeah. Mac. I get sort of 
uh, focused on technical, I guess, you know, is the, t- yeah. are the tabs done the right way? And is the mar, are the margins? And then you, I could spend, I could just waste so much time on, you know, should this be italicized yeah. or should this not be italicized? <laughs> you know? yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and notes takes that away because it's like, yeah. you know, you're limited on your options. So that's very helpful. And it also, um, I can do it on my phone. So if I'm at my kids' basketball practice, you know, way back in the olden days when kids had basketball and (laughs) all of that stuff and they weren't at home all the time, um, I can, I can write and I don't have to lug the, um, the computer with me. I can just do it on my, my phone and I still have the scene. And then, um, once I've written the scene, I'll transfer it to, um, Google Docs. Uh, because it automatically saves and I, I've had enough uh, forgetting to say yeah. word to not do that <laughs> anymore. I know yeah. it doesn't really matter, I guess, because word has gone to a, a online based and it automatically backs up and everything. But back in the day, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. you didn't do that. <laughs> yes. uh, so, so I, I go to Google, I, I, I work in Google Docs after that first rough, rough, rough draft. Yeah. I love hearing how writers do that first draft and what that looks like, because, you know, you're, um, I, I, having that, turning off that editor mm-hmm. in order to get the words out there right. is so critical. And I, I love that idea, that thought of, you know, just don't, don't be able right. to edit. Just, just <laughs> right, right. Just right. And, and that draft will have a lot of Write something better than this here. <laughs> I just put yeah. it in 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 in, uh, in yeah. parentheses because I know like this sucks or blah 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 because I don't know what <laughs> you know I don't know what the yeah. character should say so I'll just do blah 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 and I'll come back to it later and usually later it's like oh it's so obvious they should say this or this yeah. should happen yeah. or you know yeah. but at that time you know I couldn't I couldn't get it out but I know what happens next so just get to what happens yes. next. Yes. Yeah. And, and often, you know, you're writing the end, you're like, oh, I need to back fill the story with what I just wrote about. So it is an iterative process. It is not, you know, it's not linear and then it's done. At least for me, I do have some writer friends who are like, I get to the end and I'm done. There's no editing. There's no nothing. I've done it all. I'm done. I can't do that. (laughs) So so, uh, for me, it it is kind of circular. And then I'm like, oh, this is what should happen back there. I got to go change that to make this happen. Um, I'm usually not sort of set in stone about what's going to happen at any given point in the story until about 75% of the way through. And then it is clear what is going to happen. Although the end is not always clear, but it's clear that like, oh, okay, this part works. You know, I've I've got this set. So what does that mean for the end? Yeah. No, it's so interesting. Um, I love talking to (laughs) writers and hearing about how they do things because nobody does it the same way as anyone else. No, Um, So tell me about the best and the worst piece of writing advice (laughs) you've ever gotten. The worst is write what you know. And for a long time, I tried to do that. And it's just, it's boring for one thing, because it's like, you already know this. Like, there's no surprise. There's no, it's hard to make it suspenseful. Um, And maybe I took too literally, you know, write what you know, 
trying to kind of pull from your own life and write. And it's like, how do you make this interesting? I don't do anything. <laughs> I go to work. I'm all about kids. It's not interesting. Um, so, so I found that, you know, instead to what am I, write what I'm interested in. What do I find interesting? Mm-hmm. What do I find suspenseful and thrilling and romantic? That works better. <laughs> you know, now I will spend, you know, three to six months, depending on the the size of the book, how long the book's going to be, researching it or uh, really not just researching, but writing it. Right. And, and, and it helps to get through those difficult points, which you're, if you're writing a book, there's going to be parts that are hard. <laughs> it just always are, no matter how many books you write. So it helps a lot when you're interested in the subject matter and the plot and what's going to happen next. I love that, uh, you know, <laughs> ignore, but because you're going to learn right. as you're developing that you're going to learn and you're going to do things. What's your favorite piece of writing advice that you've either gotten or you've given to other people? Um, well, that I've given would be write what you like, <laughs> right? Write what you want to read. Yeah. If there's, you know, I, I'm not the one who, who said this. I can't remember who it, who, who was like my Angelou, I think, um, you know, if there's a book you want to read, write it. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing. So I've, I'm always trying, you know, with varying levels of success. But usually when I start out a book, I'm like, this is going to be the best book ever. It's going to win all the awards. Right. I mean, you should yeah. at least love it when you start out. Yes. Now, by the end, I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm so sick of this book. I'm like, I'm <laughs> but, but when I start out, you know, I'm yeah. very excited about it and very encouraged about yeah. it. So if you're not, if you don't love it, you know, find something, find a different plot, a different character, a different twist on yeah. that plot that you do love. And part of your process can also be by the time you get your proof pages, you're back in love with yes. it. I mean, because you're distanced that, enough that from helps, it. <laughs> that helps a lot. I mean, usually when I'm turning yeah. it in, I'm just like, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I know it's it's horrible. And, you know, editors are used to it. They're like, it's not that bad. It's not going to yeah. be bad. They'll fix you it. say yeah. this every time. And then I get, you know, I get, get it back. And she's like, it's pretty good. There's some areas you need to work at. And I'm reading it. And I'm like, this was, I wrote this. This was much better. I, I yeah. thought it, I thought it sucked. It doesn't suck. I mean, I need to work yeah. on it, but it doesn't suck. <laughs> now you're, you're a lawyer. Did you have to unlearn some of the note taking or the way you describe things or everything else from your law life um, yeah. in order to write fiction? I mean, to some extent it helps. I mean, part of being able to write quickly um, and get uh, so many books done is because you learn as a lawyer to write quickly, <laughs> right? To get it, to get it done and how to write and how to structure. So, so some of that comes into play. Um, but I did get comments uh, from writers groups when I first started sharing, um, my manuscripts that this sounds very lawyerly, or this is very technical, or it doesn't yeah. sound natural, <laughs> you know, maybe because you're a lawyer, or why are you using these big words? Why don't you just say said? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so some of it you have to, and I still find, you know, sometimes it, it depends, but certain characters who are maybe supposed to be <clears throat> um, more down to earth or, 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 um, uh, 
not not as educated will will, will say a random word and then I don't get a beta reader that says I don't think this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound like yeah. a person who, yeah. as you described that, would say you know what what you describe them say. So you know it still creeps in at times the big words and and, and lawyer legalese, yeah. but um, that's yeah. what beta readers and editors and rereads are for. <laughs> Well, and I'm intrigued that you, because so many lawyers do write about the law because, or, you know, yeah. from a lawyer, because that's where they found their way in. But your advice of love what you're writing is so great because yeah. I can see you, we, we're doing, recording this as uh, we're on a Zoom call, so we could chat, and you're you're lighting up as you're talking about how much you're enjoying this series, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and if you'd pigeonholed yourself or said, oh, I need to be a lawyer in this book because that's what I, you know, right. and that's my platform. I don't know that you would be so joyful about your journey. Yeah, no, I, I definitely wouldn't. I've tried to write legal the- uh, thrillers, but I find it, it it's incredibly difficult um, mm-hmm. in part for the same reason it's difficult for me to read legal theater thrillers if they were written the way you know what happens in in real life and law they would be so boring <laughs> right and the ones that are written that are like technically this is exactly how it would happen it's like this is such a snooze like it just yeah, yeah. The, you know the law isn't law and I used to teach when I taught I taught um legal writing but in one of my sessions it w- would always be uh we'd always watch a clip from law and order where, where Jack McCoy jumps up and he's, you know, I object. And he is railing at the judge and everything's happening in the courtroom. And um, I would ask my students, oh, okay, so what is the problem? What are the problems here? And and they love, you know, they love, would love their, I taught mostly foreign students. So this is all they knew, some of them, of U.S. courtrooms, the law and order and the TV shows. And they would come up with all kinds of ideas about what was wrong, but it would never be the, the main thing, and uh, which was, you can't behave like this in a courtroom. Like, nobody does this. This does not happen. Uh, you, I was like, Jack McCoy would be spending the night in jail. They would probably, if he did it more than once, they'd probably strip him of his license. They, you know, you need to go seek help. You can't just scream at the judge. It doesn't, I've never seen anybody scream at a judge before. Um, But, but, um, you know, to, you, but you have to dramatize it, right? Nobody would watch Law and Order if it was, you know, the snooze fest that most courtrooms are. Yes. No, um, no, for sure. Yeah. For and sure. I always I wonder mean, for like court cam and those kind of like how many hours did they have to get to make a half an hour show of like a couple of people misbehaving? They probably have thousands of hours to find those four yes. folks that acted up, you know, in, yes. in the court. It's it's kind of misleading. It's very misleading. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I don't, I think some of those reality TV shows are incredibly scripted and we just yeah. are led to believe that they're not. Maybe. So. Yeah, that's a possibility too. <laughs> that's a possibility you know, well, too. Yeah. But um, yeah. To, to your question, it, it was kind of the reason why I didn't, didn't write about the law because I, I, it, I just found it kind of, I didn't know how to make it dramatic, but also um, realistic and also not boring, you know, to, to make it all, all work, maybe, um, knew too much or there's too much in, in, in my head about 
how to, how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I I went with, um, a private investigator because I thought, well, they would know the law. So, you know, I don't want to get too far away from the law, but they might also break it. (laughs) Right. They might also go, well, nobody's going to know. We'll just do yeah. what we want to do. I pick Which this gives you a little more freedom. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it gave me a little bit more freedom. I can't go too far because, you know, they they not they don't want to lose their license. <laughs> but so you can't go too far out of bounds. It gives you some boundaries, but also makes it fun to write. They can be a little loosey-goosey. <laughs> and you centered brothers in your series. Is is what did they show up one day and say, yeah, you're going to write about us? Like, how did that happen? Pretty much. Um, the, the, first, <laughs> the first book uh, just kind of ca- came to me. Um, I knew it started with um, Nadia. And uh, I knew she owned a you know, small hotel chain. I knew she lived in Harlem. Um, and I knew she had a crush on her, uh, the guy who did her security. And he had a crush on her. But they were neither one of them were telling the other for a couple of different reasons, you know, their own personal reasons. And I thought, oh, it's kind of cute. You know, they're in their 30s, but they still have crushes and yeah. <laughs> you know, they're still kind of doing this high school dance around each other and blushing when they see each other and that kind of thing. Um, so that's where that started. And then um, because Ryan was head of a West investigations, it's sort of like, well, people have to, he has to work with people. Who are these people he works with? They can be his yeah. brother, you know. He, if he owns it and he's only thirty, how how is it this big elite corporation uh, or firm? Well, his father started it, so he kind of got it went like that. Like how how does that yeah. make this realistic? Because realistically, he was I think he was like thirty three because he's the second to youngest. Realistically, it it's hard to fathom that by thirty three he managed to turn you know his his private investigation firm into like a world-renowned firm but if his Mm -hmm. father started it then I have more time and he just took it over (laughs) right so yeah um yeah it's that some of it is just practical yeah yeah no it's great and so fans are gonna uh, look forward to three more books and Mm -hmm. hopefully as many as you want to write in this (laughs) series so you know (laughs) um and we talked a little bit about community and the importance of it um and you mentioned mystery writers of america you mentioned crime writers of color both great organizations Mm -hmm. that we talked about um on this podcast before i feel like right now is is a golden age for novels uh with different points of view and different characters Mm -hmm. and uh in a more realistic picture of society (laughs) do you agree with that yeah yeah you know i i until recently i would read books about manhattan and you know everybody in manhattan to to read this book is caucasian it's like this is not you know i've lived in manhattan this is not (laughs) manhattan You know, this is not, you know, they go to Brooklyn, everybody in Brooklyn, everybody in the Bronx, everybody in Queens is Caucasian. It's like, this is not reality. Right. Yeah. Um, So, so that was, you know, but that's, that's sort of changing now for the better, right. You're seeing books that incorporate um, a multicultural um, characters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look like the world. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, well, so you're working on your 
three books uh, now and you're in the cycle. Um, and so, you know, I, anything, any other ideas for standalones or other series coming into your, I, your I, world or right now, are you just focusing on the West brothers yeah. and getting them <laughs> well, having the, new adventures? I love the West brothers. I always have tons of ideas, <laughs> but I love the West brothers and um, I don't think I'm finished with them yet. So a lot of the ideas are, um, are still centered around them. Um, I, 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 Sean and Ryan, uh, already had their story. I, I think I mentioned that James, uh, one of the West brothers is the fourth book. And so I still have Brandon. He's still out there. <laughs> He's not involved in the, um, in the directly in the in the investigations side he's an attorney yeah but you know he he has stuff going on so i definitely want to and there might be some so i have some ideas for surprises so we might not have heard the last of the west family <laughs> well and again i love that about romantic suspense or about the romance genre in general the way you can think about a series differently yeah. so you're not always centering on the same character or two characters right. or you know it's not it can be far reaching and complicated and you know people need to read the series to understand why this book matters right, you know, right. or why the cousin is such a big deal or, or something i love that right, i think that right. that's a great way to keep people engaged and if you're writing three books a year it's also a great way to um keep feeding feeding into your reader's expectations right absolutely yeah. absolutely and that can be offshoots is like uh you know spinoffs <laughs> like in television yeah. right yes you know? yes yeah, you may have another character who shows up. You're like, yeah, they deserve their own series. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of what happened um, with Gideon, who was the third, the main male character in the third book. He had such a presence in the first book <laughs> that I was like, he has to have his own. He was like screaming for his own story. <laughs> yeah. And then in the second book, he he he, you know, he he um he sort of stands out a little bit um, away from the brothers because he's he's. They treat him like he's the brother, but he's not yeah. a brother. So he he didn't grow up with them. So he can be he can look at them and go, oh my God, they're acting so immature. <laughs> you know, they're acting like brothers, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and picking with each other. And why don't they just do the work? <laughs> right. Yeah. So he can be a little bit obje more objective about the just the dynamics that are going on with the brothers. Um, and so I loved, you know, I would imagine him, even if I didn't show it on the page, kind of looking at the brothers when they're needling each other and just rolling his eyes. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, he, he has a, he, in my head, at least he has a presence that demands its own story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. And co huge congratulations. I mean, that's a, it's a, it's wonderful that your series found this life and that, you know, you, you put it out there. But I also, one of the uh, lessons that I, I heard in listening to your story is you were going to get it out there and it's great that this avenue worked out, yeah. but you also believed enough in the story. It's like, I'll, I'll get it out there on my own if I need right. to, because it's ready to get out there. Right. So you were looking at all the possible paths. And I think that's a really gift for people, a gift for people yeah. to understand that these days there are so many paths to publication. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, I have so many author friends who both publish traditionally and publish um, independently and there's so many different, I mean, I, a lot of them, even, even though some of them who are that you think are like 
big names will do do publish um independently so yeah. you know, a lot of sort of that stigma doesn't yep. exist anymore and that's great in romance there are a lot of um indie pub uh indie published authors who are doing terrific you know yes. <laughs> making way yes. more than they would have made in um in traditional yeah. publishing and with a much bigger audience and a much bigger reach. So I think a lot of, of the barriers that used to be there aren't um, and, mm-hmm. and or are changing. Some of that is readership. You know, readers are, are, ha- ha- are more open now to, to in, uh, indie books than they used to be. Um, publishers are not as, you know, it, it, at some point publishers were, you know, kind of shying away from people who published indie and we don't have a lot of that. So I think that's, or we don't have as much of that <laughs> as we used to. And I think yeah. that is, that's great. The more books that are out there, the more people who are writing and telling their stories, the better. Yes. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. It's a, it's a, it's an exciting time to yeah. be a writer. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and if you're a reader too, if you're a reader, you know, yeah. I read all the time. So it's, you know, there's never enough. No one writer could possibly produce enough so yeah. that, you know, to, to, I would be happy. I can get through a book yeah. in a day. So I'm ready for yeah. the next one. <laughs> you know, wow. no, that's yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of work but it's um yeah. you know you're you're in the you're in the in the pool and you're making it all work and i think that that's <laughs> an incredibly uh in, inspiring thing to be um thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you for having me it was so much fun thank you for being with us today sisters in crime is about community We were founded to advocate for women crime writers, and we continue that mission by fighting for equity in the crime writing community. Sisters in Crime is an international, inclusive organization for all who write and love crime fiction, mystery, thrillers, and suspense. Join us at sistersincrime.org and make sure you subscribe to this podcast.